Welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. As award season continues to pick up through the fall, make sure you're subscribed to the Big Picture Podcast with Sean Fennessy. He and Amanda Dobbins will cover everything you need to know about this fall's Oscar contenders, and Sean will be interviewing the industry's premier directors leading up to the awards. You can listen to his conversations with Bong Joon-ho, Noah Baumbach, Antonio Banderas, and more on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here, along with Peel producer Jim Cunningham. What's happening, Jim? Not much, Sal. How you doing? Well, I'm doing okay. You know, your $2 million pick, it came up short again. I think this is three weeks in a row, or three weeks that you gave out a pick in a row. You had the Giants. You're not trusting your Jets enough, especially against the Giants. And I think you had the under, which didn't matter because you already had the Giants in that parlay. I know. I, I, I don't want to have to badger you about this but this is a two million dollar pick it's supposed to be twice as good as what simmons and house offer on friday so what do you have to say for yourself i have a new technique i'm going to debut this week so we'll see oh you do it does yeah okay all right so let's um look forward to heel producer jim cunningham's new technique that'll be in about an hour right at the end he's going to give his pick excited for that i'm also excited for on the line right now my gurus of gambling my wizards of wagering my barons of betting my overlords of the odds, the degenerate trifecta, Harry, Brother Bry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's happening, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Sal, what's up? What's going on, buddy? Oh, man, I have to tell you. like We run hot and cold with our picks. Mostly cold, I would say. We're entering like week 11, week 12 of NCAA. And I don't know what made me do this, but I make, I make like dozens of futures bets. Um, who's going to win the Super Bowl? Who's going to win a conference, a certain conference in NCAA? And I happen to look at what I had, I didn't look all season, and I am terrible. I, my futures are getting slaughtered. I had on a big bet LSU to not make the playoffs. I had no idea I had that. Uh, I wish I hadn't. Look, I wish I had looked at it two weeks ago. I would have hedged last week. I have the Rams, probably kid. I know you have this. I have the Rams to win a division all over. Yeah. Remember how easy we thought Rams Chiefs to win a division? Oh. It was like almost even money. What happened there, probably kid? I'm not really worried about it anymore. I'm pretty sure Sean McVay. Uh will pay all my debts for me. So it's, it's going to be <laughs> That's the only way it's going to work. I have all these losers. I remember, I forgot what else. I, I, mean, I have Alabama, Clemson, one of them to win the championship. I don't know. I don't know. And Rams over 10 and a half wins all over the place. But I'll say this for myself. <laughs> At least I admit it. We have a guy on here right now on the line who cheats on his picks. He's, a, he's become a polarizing figure. This Harry, this AAO Harry. He's like Trump. Next to Trump, he's probably the second most polarizing figure on Twitter because, all right, he won with the Steelers on our show last week. Thanks for that. But then he gives out Tampa Bay. They don't cover. He counts it as a win because they won straight up. What's up with that, Harry? I <laughs> I, I just told the guy that I had them on the money line. I'm not, I wasn't specifying that I gave them out and the money, on the money line and that I'm a fraud. I On, <laughs> on Odd Shark, I gave out as my best bet. Uh, sometimes I try to make it different between our show and that show that I'm on. I, so I give Tampa minus four and a half. So that was a loser. I admitted it. But the guy just calls me out on it immediately because he just thinks that I was trying to not say that I had him at minus four. But I admitted it. I had it minus four. And I had the, mm. and I had the Steelers plus three and a half with you guys. And you guys all had the Rams. I thought, yes, yes. We'll get to that in a second. I already butchered my whole Rams rant there. But uh, 
I thought the guy pointed it out, and then you said I had Tampa on the money line. I thought that was the sequence well, of events. Well, I did, I did, but I, I did have, <laughs> I did on a parlay, did have Tampa on the money line. Didn't lay the points. I just thought that you know they would still cover, and it's not. But the guy's also slamming me, like telling me, like I told you so about the Cardinals. Well, if you told me so, if the, if the Cardinals won by three touchdowns, okay, then you told me so. They lost by three, getting four and a half. It's not like it was a major pick. I mean, honestly. All right. I just want to straighten it out because there's a lot, a lot of fibbers on Twitter. I don't want you to be, become one of them, but Tampa, yes, you sometimes did. I, gotta you know, I, I don't think people. I, gotta, I, gotta I don't, I don't think they care out sometimes, you know? too much what you have on your, your $20 parlay that I see. I think it's probably what you put in print is what more um, they're, they're talking Money. about. Now, Jim Cunningham, you got, you got involved Money. in this whole thing. It doesn't end with, with gambling. Someone tweeted, I don't even know who this is, but he's like a regular list. He said, I met with Harry when I went to Phoenix. He promised he would hit me up when he came to my town, Salt Lake, when he did. When he came, did he? Spoiler alert, no, he didn't. Harry fires back. I'm sorry if you listen to the pod like you say you do. I was busy that week meeting my girlfriend's family for the first time and, oh, yes, saving her father from drowning, you goofball. (laughs) But sorry, I didn't call. Four question marks for uh, no reason. Uh, Jim, Jim, what did did you make of this? Well, I have a lot of questions. One was, how was this guy supposed to know what you were doing? Is he like your travel agent or something? <laughs> but but also, so you saved the your girlfriend's dad from drowning, but who saved you from drowning? I know. I know. Uh, you know. I guess it was all those uh, all the exercising in Ken's pool that uh, trained me for something like this, I guess, uh, a couple of years ago. Did you give your girlfriend's dad mouth to mouth? No. Yeah. No. Okay. Not until they got back to the house. <laughs> he was saved by them. Uh, all right. Listen, the, the point is, and, but you know what? There's a bunch of people who love Harry. They, they got on us for, uh, they say we don't, he wrote like a heartfelt thing. Uh, one of his, uh, cockamamie columns. And I, and then the people, Oh boy, the AOL crew doesn't deserve you. You're uh, you're too good for them. So really, like I said, you're polarizing. If you don't want to air your Harry grievances or otherwise on, on Twitter, you could hit us up at cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. That's cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. Parley kid. Uh, you've been, I'm sorry. You've been on a torrid losing streak. I, I'm very close to handing you a 1-800 number to call. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give you probably nine of the 10 numbers or 11, number, whatever it is. Cowboys didn't help. Go ahead. Give, uh, oh. give me thirty seconds on the Cowboys. What, what, what? The terrible things they did, and what are they? Do they yeah. have a chance going forward? Yeah, it's, I mean, so the division is theirs for the taking if they if they want it. I mean, this week uh, they have a pretty decent shot of maybe picking up an additional game on on the uh, the Eagles. Uh, I th- think what we saw the other night was uh, what we've become accustomed to seeing. Um, you know, how many great quarterback performances over t- the last 10 years from Tony Romo and Dak Prescott have the Cowboys wasted, right? Mm-hmm. No other team has wasted this many great performances from a quarterback over that time period. Dak is kind of meeting the same fate that Tony Romo met uh, for all those years. And uh, they, you can't overcome the coaching. When was the last time we sat here and said, you know what? Jason Garrett, like the Cowboys, Actually, out uh, out were out coached the team. We haven't said that. Oh no! In, yeah, you no. know uh, how long? How long has it been? And, and I know. Look, you could say, well, what you know? What about some of these games they win? They're always getting really good quarterback play for the most part. When was the last time the Cowboys had like 
a below-average quarterback performance, and the Cowboys won a game. It very right. rarely happens. It never happens to the Cowboys. That's the sign of a good coach. When your quarterback's not playing well, you still manage to win like Andy Reid did with Matt Moore quarterbacking. We don't see it with the Cowboys. Uh, look, 9-7 and seven should win this division. As long as they take care of their next game against the Eagles, they really should win that division, right? They'll, they'll have the, yeah. all the tiebreakers going for them. Uh, they should win the division. They win this week. They have to win this week. Uh, it's, it's a must win in Detroit. So we'll talk a little bit about that later. I have. I think, yeah, I think they have four wins on their schedule there. They're going to be favored in at least four games. Yeah. They, they really should win in Detroit. This If there's no Stafford or banged up Stafford. But Paulie Kid, you brought up a good point. The one thing that was different at the beginning of the year is we had some nice play calling offensively. Kellen Moore stepped it up. We anointed him. You know, he was going to Canton for what he did yeah. with this offense. Yeah. And then we see them stall on third and two, fourth and two, second and two. Just terrible. The one thing I'll say, though, is the, the best thing we have going for us is uh, Carson Wentz can't make it through a December. The last two, he hasn't been there. So you want to count on these guys folding. Uh, work that into the equation a little bit when you're considering odds Absolutely. and the Cowboys even odds to make the playoffs right now as it is. Brother Bry, uh, you were with me in Oakland. We had a nice time, right? This Raiders, your team, you'd never been in that stadium before, right? Uh, no, uh, I had a phenomenal time, but I mean, part of that was because they won. I will say that stadium was probably <laughs> the biggest dump I've ever been in. Although there was something about it that I loved. Uh, it was one of those things. I mean, every, you, you had talked about it with Bill, you know, you had, yeah. when we went out to go get a soda, you asked if they had Coke products and they had RC Cola. Yeah. Uh, they had Hawaiian punch lemonade, which I've never heard of. Um, <laughs> but, um, just walking through there, I just couldn't believe how bad of a stadium is thank God they are moving to Vegas, but it was, uh, like I said, I think that was part of the fun of the trip. Just, you know, going into the black hole, uh, just kind of the mystique of the Coliseum, um, uh, just a, just a ton of fun. Uh, I, we, we had a good time and I feel bad because we were treated right. We had, we were given on the field, uh, the president of the Raiders recognized me. Good guy named Mark and a guy named Vito. They gave us tickets, but we also had at all access passes on the field. Um, because we were shooting on the field. So we're technically allowed to stay there the whole game. But what happens is sometimes these guys, these security guys, some are more gung-ho than others. They chase you around. You just have to move around. And But we, uh, the, the funny thing is in that stadium, it's like walking through Fallujah, but they pick out our two faces. They're like, hey, you guys, you got to go. You can't move around here. It's like, ah, uh, there's a Chargers fan. His head's getting banged against a urinal right now. Are you worried about me? But anyway, I'm glad they're leaving for everyone's uh, safety and sake and everything else. But thank you uh, for hooking us up. And Brother Brian, I had a good time. I, I talk about it on Simmons. It's a crazy story. I think the ringer isolated it, but we barely made Sal, it for the live hit. Sal, can I ask you, though, the, the funny yeah. part was when the, the first guy told us to get off the field and then yeah. you just started walking. I don't know where we were walking to. We were almost like walking closer to the players. I'm not sure what was happening. And then the other guy's like, where are you going? And you're like, I don't know. <laughs> because in Green Bay and Denver, I did this. And as long as you just keep moving around and uh, try to avoid uh, the assholes, you'll eventually be able to settle in a spot. But there really was nowhere to go. It, really, it was a black hole of sorts. But uh, I'm glad we went out there. That was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Um, I want to talk. Uh, we have a lot to talk about. These guys are going to have best bets soon. We're going to talk about the NCAA playoffs and conference odds. What's best? What's the best value bet? We have. Uh, we're going to take a ride on the Captain Morgan's Riverboat Casino 
talk some props there. Um, and I want to hit the top three games of the week. Now, I skipped Cowboys lines. It's not a top three game of the week, and I'm, I'm sick of talking Cowboys. I think the parlay kid is awesome. Also, one of these guys may have a best bet involving this, but Rams Bears, I just couldn't do it. I know it's a Sunday night game, but enough already. I don't know what to make out of these teams. So we are going to preview New England Philly, Houston Baltimore, and Casey LA Chargers. Let's start with New England Philly. That is the best game. New England favored by three and a half, the over under. 44 and a half. Uh, both teams coming off a bye. Parley kid, you like the favored Patriots? Yeah, Sal. Um, boy, like you said, I've been on a cold streak. So, uh, you know, I might not be uh, any type of authority on this. But let's face it. I know you, I know Furman on uh, Lock It In today was uh, really on the Eagles, I believe. I think. Um, I'm not really sold. I'm still not sold on the Eagles. Maybe this NFC East just might be really bad. Uh, Philly, with the exception of Aaron Rodgers, they've beaten nothing. But their five, other four wins have come against Trubisky, Josh Allen, Falk on the Jets, and Case Keenum on the Redskins. Mm-hmm. Case, yeah. uh, Matt Ryan, Stafford, uh, Dak, and Cousins have combined for 31-plus points against the Eagles this year in those type of games. So when they face a good quarterback, they tend to get lit up a little bit. Uh, against top 20 offenses, uh, Eagles have earned at least 24 points in each of those games. So when they play a top 20 offense, I'm not even asking for a top five offense, top 20 offense, they struggle, right? Pats yeah. are ranked 15th. Their offense hasn't been that dynamic, but you know, they are coming off a bye, as are the Eagles. Uh, and the Patriots tend to excel. Belichick, this is where he thrives extra week. Okay. Uh, the Pats are 11 and two straight up last 13 games after a loss. Uh, they're 15 and six against the spread uh, in the last 21 after a loss. I think Belichick gets this done. Uh, I think the, the Patriots get this done. They'll be ultra motivated. Patriots 30, Eagles 23. Pats cover the three and uh, the three and a half. Yeah, I like that. I mean, you said it, Parley Kid. How much more motivation do they need? Bill Belichick coming off a loss, coming off a bye, two weeks to prepare. Uh, this is the team that beat them in the Super Bowl, all right? So he's had this date circled on the calendar for a while. He's going to hear that Philly special bullshit all week long. Like you said, depending where you look, they're either 4-1 and one or 5-0 and oh against the spread following a bye. And I just don't think this defense, they let up against the Ravens, but this is a defense that's allowed three touchdown passes all year. And Carson Wentz, like you said, sub-60% completion percentage in four of nine games this season. He has like 229 a game. That's a career low. Yeah. Not lightening up by any means. I like the Patriots here. I think they score. Brady's passing more than ever. Maybe the numbers aren't the greatest, but I think in eight of nine games, he's thrown 35 or more times, and they pass 60% of the time, which is this is the most they've done that in like five or six years. Brother Bry, you're avoiding the uh, side. You're taking the total here. Yeah, I'm with you guys too. Though I, I tend to like the the Pats in this. The the last time we touched on the Pats uh, Ravens game, I liked the under for the Ravens, and I was way off on this one. But uh, on that one, but coming off a bye and the extra week for uh, for Sanu to practice, I think this this offense should be able to throw the ball very yeah. easily on the Eagles secondary. I mean, I would hope so. Um, so I, you know, 44 and a half points to me in this game seems a little bit low. Uh, probably like a point or two low. You know, the way the Eagles have been playing, they've been running the ball really well. That's New England's won kryptonite so far this year. So I think there's going to be 
points to be scored. The Eagles past last four games like that doesn't really even matter, but all of them have been extremely high scoring. I mean, again, that was when the Pats defense was yep. worst, but uh, 44 to me, I, I feel like the Pats are going to get, I, Pats are going to get 27, 28 points. And I think the way Philly's been playing, even if they're coming from behind, they're going to play catch up a little bit and get to 20, 24 points. So uh, right now I'm, I'm thinking this game is going to be like a 30 to 24 game for the Pats. Yeah, and like you said, that over hits uh, following a Pats bye week, six out of the last seven, the over. Let me just talk about uh, numbers since the Super Bowl. Patriots have won 76% of their games, Eagles 56 since they played in the Super Bowl. They've covered Pats 64%, Eagles only 48%, and that turnover differential, plus 27 for New England, minus seven for Philly. So when people accuse us of having a Pats bias like oh if they're favored by a small number you're going to take them every time i feel like people still have an eagles bias this isn't the same team that went to the super bowl had that playoff run and everything else um they're not that great and parlay kid you're right they might play in one of the worst if not the worst divisions in that nfc east uh let's just see what happens all right houston baltimore this is a fun one this is really great lamar jackson deshaun watson i could watch this all night. I could watch it for nine hours. Let this be the, the morning, afternoon, and night game. Baltimore favored by four, over under 49 and a half. Harry, we haven't heard from you yet. You don't like the side, but you're going to take the total here. Yeah, I'm going to take the over. Who wants to see the under in uh, Deshaun Watson versus Lamar Jackson anyway? I mean, I'm, we're hoping for uh, both teams to be in the 30s here. Uh, Deshaun Watson's got 23 total uh, touchdowns. Uh, Lamar Jackson. He's got over 700 yards rushing, and he's 11th, not, he's number one in the league in rushing as quarterbacks, but he's 11th overall in the league in rushing. 11th. Uh, Mark Ingram's been great. Uh, five yards a carry, eight touchdowns this year. And I think the Ravens' offense works just fine for them with tight end Mark Andrews leading the team in reception to 44, and he's got five touchdowns. The last three games, the Ravens have scored 30, 37, and 49, and Get out to early starts, if you guys have noticed. In their games, they're averaging 30 points a game as for the game itself at halftime. Uh, I think DeAndre Hopkins is way overdue for the, for the uh, Texans to have a big breakout game. Look for him to have a monster game. And the over has hit six of the last eight times the Texans have been on the road and over six of the last seven Ravens games versus other AFC opponents. So I like this game to go way over, and I think both teams hit the 30s. Yeah, I mean, I like I like both these quarterbacks. I go at it with Clay Travis every day. I think Lamar Jackson. He says he's not a passing quarterback. Puts him ninth in the MVP. That's just to to aggravate me. I know that, but Lamar Jackson, he's top two easily. I don't care if if you don't like that, he goes and takes off. They're winning games because he runs. And I think we brought this up. I might have brought this up on Simmons. I just think he's smarter than some like the Michael Vicks and the RG threes. Like he doesn't really get hit, right? Parlay kid, did you notice? Like he's not. No, he's not yeah, really. He knows. He doesn't take the oh, extra five yards tiptoeing down the sideline. Kind of stupid, you know? Very smart in that respect. You never really see him take a big hit. Um, he kind of knows, I, I call it getting skinny. He knows how to get skinny, you know, and yeah. he, he gets through that line of scrimmage. And, uh, yeah, he's, listen, there's nothing wrong with being a, the best running quarterback all the time who can also throw pretty well. There's right. nothing wrong with it. So. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I was saying today, I was like, that would, that would, hey, Go ahead, Harry. That would we say that he they'd be in the position they are if, if he if we knew he was having to run all the time and the tight end would be the leading receiver? Would we even would at the beginning of the season? Would we think that? Probably not. No, it's all working. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, it's good. That's fun. This is a fun matchup. Jackson against Watson, the first time in the career. Obviously, they played uh, Louisville, lost 42-36 to Clemson. That was Watson Jackson. Jackson beat out Watson for the Heisman in 2016. I'm excited about this. Brother Bry, you're making a pick on the game on the side, right? Oh, yeah. First of all, how does Harry get skinny there? Can you tell? He's <laughs> <laughs> not a miracle worker. Come on. <laughs> But yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go the Texans plus four here. Look, I know teams coming off uh, the London game have been bad so far. I don't think any of them have won or covered the games. Uh, but look, the Ravens have been playing great, especially the last three weeks. But does Deshaun Watson ever get blown out? I mean, if you can go back to college or whatever, every game of his is close. It's almost like, you know, we had talked about this last week with Russell Wilson. There's something about Deshaun Watson that's very similar. I feel like, and that. Deshaun Watson like does what he has to do. Like if they're if they're behind, mm-hmm. you know, they don't they might not get out to big leads, but he does whatever they need to do, especially late in the game. So if you look at his his last eight eight regular season losses was by an average of four points. So when he loses, everything is close. Uh, the Texans are four and one against the spread in their last five as road underdogs. Meanwhile, the Ra- Ravens have been uh, pretty much garbage as favorites. So. I think this is going to be a really close game. I don't expect it to be as high scoring as Harry does, but I, again, I think this is going to fall somewhere. Because even when you expect Houston scores a lot, they really don't. They always seem to be in the 20s. So I'm going to say this is a 27 24 ish game. Yeah, and it's fun. Like you said, Ravens not great as a home favorite this year. They're 0 uh, 3 against the number. This is going to be a fun one. Uh, we might see it again in January, right? Couldn't this easily be a conference semifinal game, two versus three? For sure. If it gets to that point, so that's going to be fun. Jim Cunningham, what? anything on Harry, how to get him skinny? That that was an interesting point Farley Kid brought up. No, I think this is a total waste of time. Oh, okay. Chip <laughs> <laughs> is hell. All right, now, Jim Monday didn't night. Me. Jim didn't know me two years ago, though, did he? He didn't? I did. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I did. Is is Jim your favorite part? Did you meet him this year, Harry, or last? I don't know. What was it, Jim? Christmas. I think it was a party two years ago. Like two years ago. Yeah. Christmas two years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, because I always have a thing like, who's your favorite person you met this year? I was, I thought maybe there'd be a connection there, you and Jim, but nice. no, he, he missed the boat in uh, 17. <laughs> um, not missed the boat that you have to go out and save him mouth to mouth, but he missed the boat. Thank God. Anyway, <laughs> Monday night. Kansas City and the Chargers play. So far, this is supposed to be in Mexico. I don't know. They keep, depending on how the field looks, I haven't heard of any problems, but they certainly canceled it last year. Uh, that epic uh, Rams-Chiefs game ended up being a great, great one. Kansas City, minus four, 52 and a half is the over-under. And I think at this point, you have to talk about the Chiefs defense as much as you have to talk about Patrick Mahomes. I mean, they are much a stumbling block as as Mahomes gives them a chance to win, really. Like the Titans had 225 on the ground last week. All right, Derrick Henry's great. Uh Marlon Mack is not. Carlos Hyde is not. Um, who are they playing this week? Melvin Gordon and Austin Heckler. They, they should do well. And when you look at yeah. the Chargers, brother Brian and I sat there. We were saying this is the same team every year. It doesn't matter. They have they'll doesn't matter how they start off. They seem to have 24 points in the fourth quarter. No matter what, they get in their own way a lot. Uh, Phil Rivers could have thrown like six interceptions last week, um, but then he missed guys too. Like they, they could have scored a lot and they missed field goals, all that stuff. So I don't know what to make of this parlay kid. You pick a winner. Go ahead. I dare you. 
Yeah, well, so I don't know. I, why do I love the Chiefs so much at minus four here? I, mm. I just I have a feeling they might have a they might blow them out this game. I really because mm. is this a true road game here? I don't know. I, I think I think the fans here in Mexico City they're here to see one player, and it's going to be Pat Mahomes. I think you're going to see uh, you know a lot of things, uh, a lot of a lot of Chief uh, support here. So this isn't really necessarily a road game. Okay, the Chiefs sell 6-0, and their last six against the spread on the road versus the Chargers. Pretty good. 12-2 and against the spread in last, the last 14 games on the road in the division. Okay, so they've kind of dominated these road games in their division here uh, over the past several years. Why, why should we expect anything different? Weird stat, though, Sal. Phil Rivers has the most passing yards in the NFL. I how, saw that. How weird is that? That is a... A mind-boggling stat to me because I can't recall him playing well once this year. Really. I really can't. Like, you watch those games and, hey, look, Hall of Famer, but he's like like Eli. He's coming to the end here. I think the Chiefs D will put enough pressure on Rivers to force him into a few more mistakes this week. And the offense is going to put up 35-plus points. Chiefs win this game 37-24. And we're all going to say, man, that was too easy. Chiefs wow. minus four. Yeah, yeah uh, it's interesting because Rivers does have the most passing yards, but uh, you wouldn't think Keenan Allen's having a big year. Um, you know, no. it's not like Hunter Henry's having a big. I, I don't know. I don't know where it's going. A lot of weird. jump off passes. Where, where, where's this all yeah. coming from? Um, yeah, I don't yeah. know what it is with the Chiefs. I wanted to make them a, an elite team. I had a very nice idea of them beating the. Patriots this year, not jumping off sides, beating them in the AFC championship game. Now it's like the Pats virtually assured themselves they're not going to uh, Arrowhead in January. That's for sure. That's not happening. So it's really bad. I don't know. You can say Andy Reid's a great coach, and I think he is, but they lost to Tannehill and they lost to Jacoby Brissett this yeah. year. They, have, they, they need Boy. to step it up. Um, Harry, you're taking the total here. Yeah, I mean, it's very hard just in general uh, the way Kansas City's defense is to take a game of theirs under and Pat Mahomes back. They scored yeah. uh, 32 last week. Uh, the game versus the Titans ended up 67 total points. Mahomes had crazy uh, numbers again, 446 through the air. He had three touchdowns. Last year when Kansas City played the Chargers, 38, 28, 64 points, 29, 28, 57 points. Uh, teams have ran, like you said, ran all over Casey's defense for the most part uh, in their games this year. Henry went for 188, two touchdowns last week. Uh, the Chargers, I think, will have to pick up the pace against Mahomes. Though. Melvin Gordon looked good, sort of like the Melvin Gordon of old last week. He went for 108 against the Raiders, scored a touchdown. He had five yards of carry, but Rivers, yeah, he's really going to have to be better uh, than his three-pick performance versus Oakland, obviously, to keep up with Kansas City. I'm looking for Eckler to maybe play more of a role receiving, uh, and maybe Mike Williams, too, to make plays downfield. So this game can be somewhat close, but I think it's going to be high scoring. And remember, Darren, you're a teacher. Defenses will be tired here because how many feet above sea level is Mexico City above Denver? Do you know? Well, that's a good Uh, question, Harry. This again. Yeah, we haven't had had geography in a while, so. Let me just say this. Harry is a master at posing these questions and then being being totally wrong about whatever uh, information he presents. Go ahead. What is it? <laughs> it's, it's probably like, above, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's probably like 7,000 feet right above like 
Oh, pretty good guess, Darren. About seventy-eight hundred. Pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, okay. these defenses are going to be tired come ta- come late at, uh, on Monday night. So over fifty-two and a half. <laughs> but the offense isn't tired. The offensive line will <laughs> give up sacks. Like, nah, uh, <laughs> offense. You always you're getting the ball. You're always ready to play offense. Always. All right. <laughs> All right, Harry. Yeah. You know, I was going to say Harry. You made a good point. Who the hell is going to argue with you taking the over in this game? And then you got to bring sea level into it. I don't know, Jim. What do you think? <laughs> I, it, why does he have to complicate things? Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess it might be a good point, but not really. <laughs> the thing is, you know, it's funny with the the sea level. When we went to mile high, I did, I had, had like forty seconds worth of dialogue. I had hit three times on the on the on the football field, and I was like, I needed oxygen. I couldn't get a paragraph out. And a lot of people are like, yeah, this is it's a real thing. Like you need to get used to it. You need to be there for two weeks, really. Marching bands come on the field in Denver, at least. And they bail out after the first song. They're blowing into their pipes and they can't get it together. I will say this is an odd stat. Casey, um, the over is five and one, Harry, in the last six Monday night football games. The Chargers under is four and one last five Monday night football. Now I know that's a lot of players that aren't around for this one, but I just thought that was interesting. All right, let's take a break. And we'll be right back to talk NCAA football. Against All Odds is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, now available in New Jersey, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, Indiana. If you're not in one of those four states, this might sting a little bit. But I want to take a minute to tell you why betting on FanDuel Sportsbook is so much better than betting with the bookie or on one of those offshore books. First, there's the app. FanDuel Sportsbook's app is simple, intuitive, and it just works. Then there's the payouts. If you use an offshore book, you're lucky to get any winnings at all. FanDuel processes your withdrawals quickly and gets you your winnings in as little as 24 hours. And finally, there's the promotions. When's the last time your bookie offered you a do-over? Didn't think so. But FanDuel's offering their famous third-quarter insurance all season long on NBA games, so you can get up to $50 back on your NBA Moneyline bet if your team is winning after three quarters but goes on to lose. And if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, you can even get your first bet risk-free. That's right, place any bet and FanDuel will refund you up to $500 in site credits if you don't win. Just be sure to sign up with promo code ODDS so FanDuel knows we sent you. That's promo code ODDS. And again, I'm sorry if you're not in New Jersey, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, or Indiana. This can't be easy to hear. Must be 21 plus and physically present in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, or West Virginia. Max insurance refund $50 is non-withdrawable site credits that expire seven days after receipt. Risk-free promotion applies to first wager only. First wager must be placed within seven days of sign-up. Max risk-free refund, $500 and non-withdrawable site credits that expire 14 days after receipt. Terms apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, we're back. Against all odds, Cousin Sal. Heel producer Jim Cunningham's with us. The degenerate trifecta, Brother Bry, Harry, and Darren, the parlay kid. We're going to talk NCAA. We're going to talk football. It's shaking up now. We're starting to look at the picture. They came out with the rankings, and now there's a second week of rankings. Um, Clemson favored... Ohio State, depending on where you look, Clemson, Ohio State, neck and neck favorites, plus 225. LSU, plus 275. Alabama, even though they're not in the top four, they're five looking out on the outside, looking in at 12 to one. Actually, Georgia is also 12 to one. All right. So Georgia, who is four, is 12 to one. Then you got Oklahoma, 25, Oregon, 40, Penn State, 50, 
and then a bunch of teams who really, really don't have a chance. Um, we're going to go over this. I saw odds for playoffs, and with the odds that I just gave you, there's conference odds, and there's odds to make the playoffs and not make the playoffs. I still think Alabama at plus 230 yeah. is a good number to make the playoffs because three things have to happen. All right, if, if you count winning out as one thing, and you should, then three things have to happen. They have an easy week against Mississippi State, an even easier week after that against Western Carolina Catamounts. I don't know how much the, the university has given them. A couple hundred grand don't show up. It's not worth it. And then they're at Auburn. If Auburn loses to Georgia, <clears throat> even if they don't, Brother Brian, what do you think? That'll be a six? They'll be a six-point favorite or more right there? Yeah, they'll still probably be like yeah, six or seven. If they need that game, right, there'll be a six or maybe a touchdown. All right, so that's the one. So that's what one thing has to happen. Baylor, I believe, has to pick up a loss against Oklahoma, and they'll play them twice, correct? They play them this week, yep. and then it looks like they, they have to play them really in the uh, in the in the big 12 championship. And then LSU has to beat Georgia in the championship. And those three things very likely to happen. I kind of like it a plus two thirty. Don't write off Alabama. Um, also Saban is going to, you know, he'll just go nuts. He'll torch the whole NCAA. If he doesn't get that bid, I, I think you do it. You go one loss teams. This is what you do. All right. Did any of the one loss teams lose to uh, the best team LSU? Oh, Alabama did. Okay. They're in. That's the one loss team is in. So I think to make the playoffs plus 230 is a good number. Um, Harry, you tell us what you like. You're staying away from SEC. Well, I mean, uh, I sort of liked a uh, side in the SEC, but the boys are uh, on it. So I had to figure out something else. And I'm not uh, I'm not saying to go with this, but I am going to make a case here, which is something that could happen in the Big Ten. To win the Big Ten, Wisconsin at 20 to 1. Mm. Look, the Badgers' next two games are versus a very disappointing Nebraska Cornhuskers and Purdue squad. Meanwhile, after an emotional win versus Penn State last week, the Gophers are a dog in Iowa City and then on the road again at Northwestern. So if Wisconsin wins their two and Minnesota loses either this week or next, the Badgers will play Minnesota in the last game of the season for the right to have a rematch versus Ohio State. I mean, providing Ohio State does beat Penn State two weeks. And that lost Illinois now that Wisconsin had doesn't look so bad because Illinois has been rolling everybody since then. I know the Buckeyes are amazing, but if they do play Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship, the last three games the Buckeyes will play are Penn State at Michigan, very emotional, and then the Badgers, three straight emotional games. And when Wisconsin did play Ohio State this year, I know the second half was a blowout, but at halftime Ohio State was only winning 10 to nothing at home. They got crushed, Harry. Come on. Come on. They got and destroyed. nothing at home at Ohio State at halftime. That's that's as good as anybody else times 100 this year. Yeah, but you're trying to make money. They'll be an 8-1 to one underdog in that game alone to provide all that crazy thing that you just said they have to get to the, make the, the game, right? Well, I mean, uh, Minnesota could lose. Uh, listen, the, the odds makers in Vegas don't think Minnesota's that great, making them a dog on the road this week. All right, brother Bry. I don't know. I don't think that sounds right. Twenty to one. I mean, we so how much more do we need to see out of Wisconsin against Ohio State, right? Uh, yeah, I I don't like that. I mean, if what we could do, I don't see odds, but like, I mean, Harry's not. It's not impossible for them to win the West, like Harry was saying. It's not impossible. Um, I could, you know, but he, we should look at those odds. There's no way they're they're touching Ohio State. So, yeah. uh, what? What I like, though... All three of you guys said the Rams were winning last week easily. 
Well, you did have Tampa Bay on the money line, though. Give us credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you like, Brian? Um, so, no, I'm going to go with uh, Georgia to win the SEC at plus 225. Um, I do like mm. yours, too, Sal. I, I think we could take Georgia to win the SEC and also Alabama to make the playoffs at plus 230 and make really? some money either or, right? I mean, I feel oh, like yeah, Georgia I or... I feel like Georgia or Alabama are, are getting that four spot. I, I just have a sense that that's happening. But th- to make them plus 225 to win the SEC, and again, they could even lose to Auburn this week, but that would make them a seven. I would say that's probably going to make them like a seven-point underdog against LSU. That seems way too much because you have to factor in that that game is going to be in Georgia. Georgia's going to be a really tough matchup for, for LSU, especially with their defense and the where they lo- their line plays. They could definitely control the clock against LSU. So when that, when that line actually comes out, LSU versus Georgia, I think that should more be like a four or five-point spread. Hmm. Um, so I think seven is a lot, right? You don't think if LSU is playing Georgia, Georgia's not going to be plus 225 in that game, right? So Yeah. Probably not. I, I think there's um I think there's some value there at plus twenty five. All right. Parlay kid, you disagree. Yeah. Uh so I actually agree with you. I like what you uh, what you're saying. Uh not that you really want to be endorsed by me at all, but I do kind of like that as well. I just think with this Georgia team, one, I think I think we could all admit their offense has been rather underwhelming this year for the most part. Uh mm-hmm. Fromm has been adequate. He's done enough uh, to get them where they are right now, but uh, certainly hasn't been lighting up the world, uh, mm-hmm. probably due to the fact that, uh, you know, he's got a rather new receiving core uh, and young receiving core this year as well. Uh, I, I like Georgia at minus 225. I know that's not a great number to not make the playoffs. Um, in a couple of days from now, it could all be over for them uh, with the loss uh, to Auburn. So um, that, that would, that would basically, uh, keep them out of the playoffs uh, for the most part. So, I mean, they're at Auburn, home versus Texas A&M. And I could kind of even see them laying some weird, not not necessarily um, losing the game, but kind of playing a dud of a game at Georgia Tech to end the season. Uh, So even if they win, I I think LSU, I mean, could LSU uh, lay an egg against them? It's very possible too. But I don't see them running the table here the rest of the way. And I think they need to do that to make the playoffs. Um, it's, I don't think it's going to happen. So minus two twenty-five to not make the playoffs. Yeah, let's take the uh, Georgia Bulldogs right well, there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. That SEC. It's a, it's funny because Ohio State could just like rise above and just be there. Everyone's talking SEC. Who's going to battle? Who's going to yeah. be in and out? You might have good good odds just with Ohio State, who could be a favorite in one of those final two games uh, once they make the playoffs. Uh, I'll say this: I kind of like the over under uh, individual not individual team point totals for some of these teams that are four through eight they have to keep winning they have to keep putting numbers up to impress the committee yeah. kirby smart georgia's over under is 20 this week i know auburn's got a tough defense i think they allow 17 a game they, as bad as their offense and you're right parley kid it's been mediocre 21 24 and 27 the last three games add into that that they have to impress the committee like i said it's kind of like an empty net goal kind of thing if they're up four late they might you know they're not put taking their foot off the gas anytime soon I like them over 20. Oregon, kind of the same thing. And ultimately, I don't think will matter for them, but they have to score points. They're over on there against Arizona's 48. Arizona gave up 51 and 57 two last two weeks or two of the last three weeks. Right. So keep an eye on that. 
Uh, Jim Cunningham, I think you have something to say about this. I like Alabama just because I like the movie Forrest Gump, but I'm going to pick Ohio State because they had Mark Titus, the Forrest Gump of college basketball. <laughs> okay. All right. By the way, that's as good as reasoning as I've ever heard. I yep, don't know. You, you listen to Joel Klatt, you listen to all these experts. They, you know, they, they never bring Forrest Gump into it or Titus or anything. But thank you for that, Jim. I appreciate it. All right. You're welcome. That brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the Degenerate Trifecta and I set sail tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events. And let me tell you, I am sick of these kicks. I feel like we say this every year. I'm sick of these bad kicks in the NFL. Um, and even you see like a near success story with the 49ers kicker, was, uh, yeah. Chase McLaughlin. Long kicks right down the middle, keeps them in the game. Then the game winner is missed by a quarter mile. Um, there's like three extra points missed by halftime of the early games. It's not even cold or windy yet. I've had it. And I was talking to Captain Morgan about it, and he said, hey, all right, don't be depressed. Let's, let's remember the good kicks. Why do we have to be so negative all the time? Let's appreciate the greatest kicks in all of sports and put odds on it. And who am I to argue with the captain? So we went and did that. Adam Vinatieri, snow game, the winning kick versus the Raiders. Sorry, Brother Bry. That's the leader in the clubhouse at 4-1 to odds. Diego Maradona's World Cup kick in 86, I believe, is 9-2 to odds. Billy Martin kicking dirt versus the A's, a team he ended up managing as a, as a Yankee manager, 7-1 to odds. You could have Billy Martin or Earl Weaver kicking dirt. <laughs> they could be all over this prop board. MMA, Anthony Pettis kicks off the cage against Ben Henderson. An epic kick, 10 to 1. And perhaps the greatest kicks, but you get 15 to 1 odds, 88 Air Jordans. Great kicks. Can't argue with that. Or the field at 5 to 2 odds. Brother Bry, start us off. What's the greatest kick? Well, I'm going to go. Those are all good kicks. But those kicks, do they give you goosebumps when you watch that kick? So to me, I'm going to go with the field, and I'm going to take the crane kick from Karate Kid. Oh, nice. So I still get goosebumps. I still get goosebumps <laughs> watching that kick. I actually watched it today, got goosebumps. I mean, how many things do you get goosebumps on? Maybe when the Russians cut in Rocky IV. Uh, mm-hmm. But to me, this is probably the greatest kick ever. Uh, single-handedly stopped bullying in 1984. Um, I think until everybody realized that Daniel was actually the bully and why, why did we even like Daniel in the first place? I mean, he started shit with everyone. So, um, to me, that was by far the, the best kick. Uh, I'm sorry. It just, it, like I said, it gave me goosebumps and none of these other ones did. Let me tell you something about the crane kick. I love it. I love the whole karate kid, every single one of the karate kids, uh, until like Will Smith's kid kid got involved. But, uh, but (laughs) I'll tell you the one thing, my son, both my sons, uh, my oldest son is 15 now and my youngest son, I have three sons, but the oldest and youngest both reacted the same way when Daniel did the front kick, the big kick, the crane kick, the one that if done correctly, can't be defended. And they cried. They were young. My my five-year-old cried this year when he watched it. My oldest was five. He also cried. It was at the end of the movie. I was like, what, what are you crying for? The good guy won. And I know what it is. It's the music. The music attached to it is, you know, you could talk about Star Wars or Raiders of the Lost Ark. The Karate Kid music is amongst the greatest in, in cinema history. And by the way, if they played it during uh, Billy Martin kicking dirt on uh, uh, Bruce Fremming or something, I'd probably cry watching that, too. It's all the music helps, but it was a great kick. Good call, Brother Brian. All right, Parley Kid, what do you say? Sal, this one's near and dear to our heart, this kick. 
Let me tell you something. I have something written down. I'm going to lose my mind if you have the same thing. Go ahead. (laughs) The kick (laughs) hurt around East Northport. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're enjoying our private life. Standing kicks. We don't talk about that, Sal. So we're going back memory lane. I couldn't. I'm trying to think. Summer of 92, Sal. I went there in 93. Yes. Okay. Um, Our buddy, Von John Darrell Finken. On his way to my house, <laughs> says something to a passing car. Yeah. Passing car, pulls a Yui into oncoming traffic, cuts off our buddy, Von John, gets out of the car. Von John rolls down the window and immediately gets kicked with one of the hardest kicks of all time <laughs> to the side of his face. Crushing his jaw, leaving John Darrell Finken bloodied, bruised, battered, and sent to the hospital. <laughs> Several more punches were landed after this yeah. devastating kick, pretty much rendering Finken unconscious. Yes. About ten, about ten hours later, Sal, after we re- while we're sitting around recounting the events of the day, okay, one of uh, a day that will live in infamy for many of us. Uh, this was what I found interesting, Sal, if you remember. I'm sitting yeah, there, and I said, Sal, what's in your hair? Yeah. <laughs> we pu- out, of, we, out of your hair, we pull out a piece of gum from your hair, which what happened was when Finken got kicked in the face, he right. spit out his gum, and it landed five feet away in your head. You didn't even yep. notice. I had no idea. The kick was that devastating. <laughs> bon John Darrell Finken has never been the same mentally since that day. No, I think he's been the <laughs> same mentally. Now, but I know what you're saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's good. And Paula Kid, I appreciate you tiptoeing around the, the race, racial element of this, but we could soften it. And I do think, I wouldn't say he had good intentions, Von John Darrell Finken, <laughs> But he yelled out at a car at an Asian man, Nihama, which he saw on a Chinese uh, fortune cookie or menu. It means have a nice day. Now, the problem was this guy was not Chinese and took uh, offense to it. I think I believe it was Korean. And that's when he said he approached. He gave John a chance to, um, you know, uh, basically correct himself. And then John thinking, oh, hey, I'm saying have a nice day, kept screaming at him. And then kick, Nihama. I said, Nihama, kick. I said, Nihama, kick. He wasn't breaking through at all. This was every time he said it, it was an insult. And every time he, he said it, he thought he was clearing the air. So, yeah, that was yeah, that was spectacular. I don't know if it's a sport. I'll have to go back to Captain Morgan. I'm not sure if that counts as a sport. But, by the way, that should be a sport. I would watch that if it was an Olympic sport. I'd watch it every time. I'd never turn it off. Harry, did you know you're closer to Von John? Daryl thinking than anybody um, on this call. Did you know that story? Well, actually, well, I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm, I'm Bon John thinking. I texted him already just a second ago, told him what happened, and he said Darren is a, <laughs> he said Darren is an ass. Right. He was not even there. And did he say how Sal did nothing to help me? <laughs> oh, that's not true. I la- I laughed a lot. I definitely. <laughs> you caught his gum. We we talk about it. We could tell the story for like five minutes, but it. I'm not kidding. It took like 15 seconds. The whole thing. That was it. But go ahead, Harry. What do you like? Best kick in sports. All right. Well, 
my moment is, uh, Sal, you were with me too, uh, at, at this at least. Uh, um, you did say greatest kick ever. For me, it was the greatest kick ever. January 27th, 1991. It was the greatest kick ever because it went wide right. Scott Norwood's 47-yard field goal in the Super Bowl missed wow. and the underdog Giants won. Yeah. What a game it was for the game to come down to that. Darren, the unsung heroes on the Giants, Meggett, Mark Ingram, uh, Otis Anderson, Jeff Hossettler. And if you remember, the celebration when it's missed, they turn to ex-cowboy Everson Walls raising his hands in joy. January 27th, 1991, Scott Norwood's wide right, the greatest kick ever for me. Uh, very sad. I lost money. I lost a lot of money on that. I had the Bills money line. I also lost money on the Von John Finken kick, too. I thought thought maybe he'd <laughs> shut up after the third Nehemiah, but uh, he didn't. By the but, way, yeah, Von John right. Finken can't stop with a text right now. He's, he's firing away. He's on like, number <laughs> well, of nine. Of course. Right now. Yeah. Has he spelled anything right yet? No? All right. <laughs> spelled out. He, uh, he, he spelled assholes right. Jim Cunningham, <laughs> what, do you, what do you say? Best kick in sports. I'm going with the field, too. There's just too many good kicks um yeah sean michaels sweet chin music to rick flair at wrestlemania oh, yeah. 24 to end his career mary Catherine gallagher on snl when she do like the kick and fly through the table uh <laughs> charlie sheen in hot shots part two where he kicks that guy in the crotch and the nuts come out of his mouth um but the greatest kick of all is when people kick their drug habits oh that's nice yeah. that's nice of you just kidding it's when antonio brown kicked that cleveland browns punter in the face when he was uh he gave him that jump kick. <laughs> right. 2014. I forgot about that. That's yes, the he kicked the punter right in the face. Yeah, he, so he was, was completing amazing. his play. That was a football move, I think the referees called that as. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's now we could sit back and just watch that for hours and hours. But yeah, that was a good list. Uh, Thank you. Jim Cunning. I'm going to go off the board, too. I think it's the first time we've all taken the field here. I'm going to say this is a million dollar kick. I don't know that all these have. have uh, Amounted to a million dollars, although Finken did try to sue for a million dollars that was unsuccessful. Um, million dollar kick. Dennis Rodman kicking a target center camera guy. Remember Ooh, this? Yeah, the best. It was in Minnesota. Yeah. He was frustrated, as he often was. He went and he kicked the guy right in the groin. He was suspended 11 games, which was over $850,000 in uh, total salary uh, taken away from him. And then another 200000 that he had to settle with the guy out of court. Million dollar kick. He's not a kicker. Not anything to do with the the sport he's in. Dennis Rodman. Uh, good job by you. And that's another week. Well, that was fun. Another week of Captain Morgan's make believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. All right, guys, we got to get it together. This is a lot of fun with the kick talk, but let's get some wins. Um, last week, Harry, you won. You had the Steelers over the Rams. Brother Bry, did you have the bill? Did you have the plus three? We got it to three, right? We at least got to push yeah, that. Yeah, it, it, was, it was a push. Yeah, it was a push. Okay. We got to push. Uh, Jim Cunningham lost with the Giants. He had the Giants over his Jets. He didn't just. And Parley, kid, we're going to start off with you uh -huh. because you had like a, a okay. just to win Parley, five teams. I think you lost four of them, right? Yeah. Yeah, I lost four out of the five. Uh, I can't even tell you which one I won. Uh, Might have been the first one. Well, I, I feel like I. It was and what the games weren't even close really. It was pathetic. Uh, yeah. But that Saints uh, Falcons game was depressing, wasn't it? To watch. All right, just... stop bragging. You don't have to brag so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You but win so, some, you lose some. I'm I'm coming back with a uh, money, uh, not actually a money line parlay. I'm gonna 
mix it up a little bit here this week. Take two college games and one professional football game. So we're going to start with Bama. The line is down to 17 and a half uh, wow. right now. I think with Tua sitting uh, out of practice today, holding like a clipboard, has got some people rattled. I don't think it matters uh, whether he plays. That's the line right now. I think Bam is going to come out on fire this week. I really do. I think uh, they're, they're angry. I think the defense was embarrassed. I think they're going to really shut down that uh, Mississippi State team. And Mississippi State, so they've been pretty lousy. Uh, good quarterbacks have really torched them this year. They had four straight games where they gave up uh, 70% or more of uh, completion percentage to opposing mm-hmm. quarterbacks. Uh, they happen to beat Arkansas uh, lately, but that doesn't really mean anything. They are one of the worst teams in, in football this year. So let's take Bama minus 17 and a half. And so I'm not going to be taking the bait right here. Uh, this Golden Gophers team, I'm taking them minus three. Trap game, right? Seems like it. I'm not taking the bait. I believe in P.J. Fleck. I think he's the real deal as a coach. Uh, Iowa doesn't score many points. Uh, I can't see. I see this being right down to the wire. Uh, I'll take the three. I'll take the three points uh, that the Gophers are getting, and then Sal, right, we'll right. we'll wrap it up with our team, the Cowboys, just on the money line here. Sal, um, we're going to take them on the money line. They're in Detroit. Stafford, I'm I'm banking. I don't I don't think it, again. I don't think it matters. I don't think he's playing. I think they took a, uh, this Lions team took a lot of crap for what they did with uh, with him last week. I think they shut him down. Cowboys, this is a must win. They don't win this game. The Garrett firing talk, I will be all over it next week, Sal. <laughs> if you take this as a parlay, it's basically a four to one parlay here. Cowboys money line, uh, Golden Gophers plus three, Bama minus 17 and a half. Let's wrap that in a nice little bow. I like this one. Let's take it. I would love to isolate uh, you or I, you or I talking about on against all odds. If Garrett doesn't win this game, this the firing squad is out or me on Simmons podcast. I mean, we're, we're probably up to a hundred now, probably up to like a hundred clips of us <laughs> saying that, but you're right for God's sake. And especially if Stafford is not a uh, quarterback, win this game, the lions are they're They're dwindling. They're, they're, they're falling apart. All right. Uh, Harry, give us yours. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm going to do a two-team, actually, I'm going to do team parlay here, two-team under parlay. First, I'm going to go to that game Darren just spoke about, too, the Minnesota at Iowa game. This is going to be a slugfest, I think. Minnesota's offense, and like Darren said, this could be a, this could be a letdown possibility. I think they're going to have to try to run the ball with the running back, Rodney Smith. He's got 940 yards rushing. I think it's going to be real low scoring in the last five games. Minnesota has given up a total of just 67 points at 13 points per game. They're led by junior defensive back Antoine Winfield Jr. He's got seven picks. Um, the last game between these two in Iowa City, there was only 27 points scored total. Two of the last three games have gone under, and since September, Iowa games six of eight have gone under, and Iowa six wins so far. They've given up just 54 points, and in five home games, they've given up just a total of also 54 points for 10 points per game. I think this game is uh, is is a round and pound game, and I think this game is going to be both teams. Under 20, I, I see this being, like Parley Kid said, low scoring and maybe a field goal game, 16-13, under 44.5. And I'm going to also parlay that with the Rams and the Bears to go under 41. The Bears defense is still really good. Uh, Danny Trevathan leads the team, 97 tackles. Mack has five and a half sacks this year so far. Uh, the Rams still still don't have a 100-yard rusher in a game. Um, 
Cooper Cup, who I feel was uh, the Rams' offensive player of the year and MVP probably, uh, had zero catches last week. Goff is at, has more turnovers than touchdowns. And if my math is correct, the Rams have not scored an offensive touchdown in 85 minutes. And last year's game between the Bears and the Rams was a final of 15 to, 15 to 6, won by the Bears. And since then, the, the Rams have just have been going down at the 7 and 6. Goff's quarterback rating since then went from 71 at the time down to 38. This game goes hmm. under, way under 41. All right. Now, if the Bears win, uh, you're not going to say, hey, I had the Bears' money line, are you? You're not going to deceive the fans again, Well, right? Well, technically, if you go to Odd Sharks and read my article on alleged best bets, I do have the Bears as one well, of my right. money line, maybe. Right. <laughs> I line think maybe. I'm, gonna, I'm allegedly going to probably skip that, but I'll take your word for it. Under in the Minnesota-Iowa game and under 41 Chicago Rams. All right, Brother Brian, I hate to mention, I think you lost a bet in the last hour. Uh, with Scherzer as a Cy Young winner, right? Did you have oh, yeah. that? Yes, I did. Well, I had that with uh, I had that with like Alonzo, right? I had I parlayed that with a few different other winners, so uh, that's yeah. a loss. Uh, thank you. <laughs> All right, thank you stop the bleeding, brother Bry. Who do you like this week? Uh, well, I'm I'm kind of thinking the same way that Harry's thinking. I'm going to go Bears plus six and a half. I know I'm I'm backing Mitchell Trubisky oh. here. Uh, that's that's how bad golf in this offense has been. Again, they're going to be without Cook. They're also missing their center and their, and their right tackle or two linemen. Uh, so they're going to continue to struggle against the Bears. And I think this this game is going to be low scoring, so six and a half is way too good to pass up. I mean, who knows what the Bears offense, maybe they found a little something in that Detroit game, but I don't know if it's even going to matter. They really just need, I think, two touchdowns to, to cover this spread in this game. Uh, like Harry was saying, if you recall the game in the freezing weather last year, the Rams couldn't move the ball at all. Um, so yeah. I think you're going to see more of this. So the Bears, 6-1 uh, and one against the spread in the last seven primetime games. You know, they're 7-2 and two against the spread in their last nine against the Rams. But I'm sorry. I, I have the Rams on some parlay, too, to make the playoffs. I am out on them. I'm sorry, Sean McVay. Um, I do not like this team right now. So give me the 6 and a half. All right. I don't blame you for being out on them. How long can you hold on? Uh Goff is up and down. I really thought Trubisky, because I had them on the money line against the Lions. I thought he threw some, he looked like a top like seven passer in the second half after doing nothing in the first half. But maybe with Gabriel back, you know, like maybe he's got his guy. He's back. It's, I don't know what happened at halftime. I really don't. I think he went to like one of Kobe's doctors in Germany and got, got some kind of injection <laughs> or something. But he looked really good. I just, I don't know. I just think one of these days, Sean McVay's going to be like, hey, I'm going to start cutting heads here. I swear to God, if we can't get it together. And the defense is playing well. I don't think they hold Cooper Cup to nothing again. Let me wait on that. Um, Parley Kid, God love you for taking the Cowboys. I like Bama there. That number is really flown down. Um, I don't buy the Golden Go. I've watched Iowa play a couple times. They really struggled against Michigan. They couldn't put points up, but I don't like the spot. I don't like the hangover spot, and I don't love the way they played in the second half uh, last week, even though they did pull that out. Harry, I'm going to go with you here. I'm going to get both unders, Minnesota at Iowa, Chicago Rams. That way I can make fun of it uh, when it loses. What the hell do I care? It's just more money I'm losing here. Uh, Minnesota, Iowa, under 44.5. Chicago Rams, under 41. We have a parlay here. That's what, plus 260? Somewhere in there, right around there. And now it's time for Jim Cunningham's 
$2 million pick. We've waited an hour. He says he has yeah. a, a new uh, method, right? What is it? Sure. Um, I was thinking about Baker Mayfield telling the fans to be quiet during their mm -hmm. offense. And I just think the Steelers are, that's just like blood in the water. Like if you're playing against a guy who's already thinking about that and he's worried about like, you know, what, how big his mustache is at times or whatever the hell else he's doing. I mean, I don't know how, how anyone trusts them. And the Steelers getting three points in Cleveland. I like that. He's not really focused. All right. Well, I can't really comment on that because I would, I'd, I'd get arrested, I think, because I'm, I'm contracted to uh, give the pick out during the game Thursday. I have a nice bit with uh, James Harrison. Um, it gets physical. Let's just say that. And then I make a pick after that. Um, but I think I think you're looking good there with plus three. That's the better team, right? So yeah, Thursday night nonsense could could uh, definitely play a part here. But all right, Jim Cunningham, $2 million pick. Steelers plus three. Jim, where can people find you online? On Twitter, it's at Jim Cunningham. The eyes are ones. There you go. The eyes are one. And by the way, Jim pointed something out. Um, I don't know if he wants me to bring it up, but he sent me a picture of the Syracuse um, mascot. And he says, is this why Harry likes Syracuse? He really resembles the Syracuse mascot. And if you Google it, you'll see that that is the case. Harry, did you, uh, does that factor into your fanhood? I'm a fan. I'm, I'm definitely a fan of Otto. That's for sure. Definitely. Otto the you Orange. Are, right. Everyone do yourself a favor. Look up Otto the Orangeman. Is that what he's called? And uh, right, Jim, I'm not orange. making this up. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, 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 I'll take a picture of the text exchange too, if it helps, but that's it. I agree. I, I agree with, I, I agree with Von John, everything that he's saying now that he's on text number 27. <laughs> oh, you do. All right. <laughs> he's ripping you guys. <laughs> Harry. Uh, Boy, is he Harry, up. you're at AAO Harry. At AO Harry, you can find me also on articles uh, at Odd Shark and uh, Clay Travis's Outkick the Coverage. Oh, that's right. You're on today. You have to wake up like at three in the morning for that, right? Yeah. And by the way, talking by the way, talking about the Rams, we were talking about the Rams game, and I have uh, officially told. I know he's big into fantasy too. Told him I am sitting. I am sitting Todd Gurley this week for Ronald Jones of the Buccaneers. I'm I'm so done with the Rams. You are. You I, I beat. I beat Clay, but he's one of those fraudulent teams like you, Harry, who has a good fantasy record and like one of the lowest points in the league. I, I beat his. Yeah, but that Garoppolo four touchdowns game. He uh, that was huge for him. Huge for what? Right. He was down by seventy against me. He lost by like forty five. <laughs> Did nothing. And Harry, what about your <laughs> fantasy team, Harry? We have five teams at five and five. I know people don't care about this, but you are you ninth oh. or tenth in in points scored? It's not good, and I don't know who am I going with. Quarter? It's Stafford's playing this week, right? He's supposed to be playing. Uh, yeah, start him. See what happens. I don't know. Uh, I gotta pick somebody up. Hey, you can right. lock me now, Sal. Give me an brother Bry. <laughs> brother Bry, where are people uh, seeing you? Uh, I'm at the brother Bry. Um, what do I got this weekend? I just have a lot of. Uh, I'm really excited because now we get into the basketball season with all the kids, so all my nieces and nephews. So I go to like. Um, I go to like 20 kids games a week, which to me is a lot of fun. Um, nice. I will say too, maybe one of these weeks you we would probably talk a little bit more, but that, uh, hypothetical fighting, um, oh, I yeah. know Bill brought it up on guess the line, but, um, Bill about Simmons brought up the fact he, he was, I'm sorry. He was talking about the, the zone card KSI fought, uh, 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 which Logan, one of the Logan brothers, Logan Paul. And, uh, it was actually a good fight. I watched it and it, it Simmons thought, what is the lowest weight that someone we know, I, I forgot how he put it. Anyway, a regular person who doesn't box, could they beat someone at a very low weight? 
what's the lowest or highest weight that they can go before they get beat. He brought your name up, Brother Brian. I'm sorry, I missed, uh, I missed, measured you. I said, what did I say? 6'3", 210? You're 6'4", yeah. 190, right? Yeah, that's more right. What's the answer, uh, I don't know. Brian? Yeah, you said I would start with a, with a featherweight, right? But I mean, am I fighting, in this, in this example, am I fighting like the best featherweight in the world? Because if I am, there's no way I'm winning. Or if I'm just somebody who's a professional boxer. I think that was of, the idea that the, a champ. So I brought up Lomachenko, like nobody we know is beating Lomachenko, right? Nobody's right, beating no, him. In right. a, but I don't care if you weigh 250 or whoever it is. Um, you know, the guy that beat the hell out of Von John Fing is not beating uh, Lomachenko in the ring. Um, but so, so a featherweight would, would, would beat you, you're saying? Uh, yeah, I, I don't see how physically, I mean, maybe 15 years ago, uh, I, I think, I think I would have probably been better in MMA maybe a long time ago, just cause I was a pretty good wrestler and I can box a little bit just from training, but, um, but right. yeah, no, I'd get my ass kicked to any of these guys. There's no way I could survive. I mean, I, I could, I'd throw my back out doing anything. So there's no <laughs> way I could put in a ring and, and last with any of these guys. I mean, yeah, that's the question. Could I last with a, a featherweight? Uh, probably, maybe, I don't even know. I don't know anymore. Yeah. All right. It's tough. All right. I heard you. I mean, you're better suited for MMA. And you know, by the way, Dana White wants to come on the podcast. Maybe I'll you know, talk to him. We'll get your contract. You get right in there. Sure. Start working okay. out. Start uh start running up the hills of San of San Francisco, brother Bry. Uh, Parley oh, Kid, Parley Kid. Uh, where can people find you? I'm at the Chalk Talker Sal. Um, the uh, my fantasy team is rolling right now. Sal probably yeah. just jinxed it, but I made a great pickup this week. I picked up Hollister to beat Brother John. Yeah, this week that was a big pickup with a uh, Kittle. Um on the uh on the outs right there for so uh, we'll see what nice. happens uh this week but yeah fantasy league is, it's kind of weird right like uh kind of everybody's kind of bunched up everybody has a as a shot here which is fun going into the last few weeks uh i'll be making my last trip up to rochester this uh saturday it's about uh probably going to be uh about negative 10 degrees up there watching football Jeez. probably uh unfortunately they're probably not going to win a game this year it's it's, it's been fun. Uh, it's been fun. Um, it sounds like and, fun. And negative think, 10 and not winning a game. Negative 10. Not fun yeah, I, I think it's going to be, yeah, I might be exaggerating <laughs> a little bit on that, but yeah, it's, it's going to be pretty miserable actually watching it. 0 and 9 team uh, in very cold weather, but I got to support it. I got to do it. And uh, yeah. And yeah. And, and the Knicks, Sal, what a disaster they've become, huh? So, um, oh, yeah. Uh, did any of us have the under on the Knicks this year? Did Brian, uh, I, uh, Brother Brian, take it? Okay, that that looks like a. That's I, I can't get into it. The, the the daily basketball. I have to on Tuesday and Wednesday. Well, at least now there's Mac action on the on the show, so I could bet that a little bit. But God, I feel like these NBA teams just they just love to let you down. There's always a nine or ten yeah, point it's favorite. It's almost like you, you know, I couple you know, at I, night. I you don't know who the hell's playing. Everyone's sitting. Oh, it's, it's a, I have to pace myself. Yeah, you don't for know this for sure. It's a, it's a great point. It's a great point. So you don't know who's playing on a nightly basis. You can't unless you really following it so hard i will count. say bill simmons who can't bet on the mvp to his credit he doesn't do it badgering me in house every day i'm not getting every day he's like what the hell is wrong with you guys why aren't you betting the greed freak for mvp that's plus 250 with middleton out he's gonna score 35 a game and uh <laughs> so i put that in so look for sorry greek freak when you uh tear your mcl in the next couple of weeks and you'll know it's my fault but bill simmons uh is to blame <laughs> 
but uh, that's it. Another episode of Against All Odds with Cousin Sal. Hey, I want to say happy 52nd birthday to my cousin, Jimmy Kimmel. Supposed to be on the show. Uh, so apologies, we ran out of time for you. Lock it in on FS1, 4.30 to 5.30 Eastern time. I'm also going to be on Fox 29 Philly tomorrow, Thursday at 7.15. I think that's like their news show or something, and I'm doing making picks there. I don't know what's going on. It's part of Fox Bet, but I'm going to be on there for about 15 minutes. Thursday Night Football, the pregame on Fox. It's going to be Pittsburgh and Cleveland. This might be the best one. We have James Harrison on. That'll be a fun one. Watch Jimmy Kimmel Live, 11.35 tonight, every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta and heel producer Jim Cunningham. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Na, 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 na